Go with me to Judges chapter 6. Visitors, thank you so much for coming and worshiping. We really appreciate you, and we don't take that lightly. Um, but thank you for coming and being part of what God is doing in our midst. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to review really, really fast to kind of bring us up to speed on where we are. And then I'm going to hang out in verse, I think it's verses 33 to 40, and kind of talk about something that we are all uh, extremely familiar with. So by way of um, setting some literary context or to bringing you on the scene of where we are, I need you to go to verse 1 of Judges chapter 6 and bear with me as I read verses 1 through 10. Amen. If you are there, say amen. amen. Before I read, let me just say something crazy. Turn to your neighbor real quick. And say, neighbor, grow in faith and avoid the fleece. Yeah, some of y'all don't know what that means, but it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, tell the other neighbor, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell the other neighbor, say, other neighbor, you better grow in faith. Oh, yeah, say, say with some attitude, you better grow in faith. And avoid the fleece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a preacher and as a communicator, I am learning to over-communicate and say things more and more. Um, I don't know where Jason is. Oh, can you bring this down just to hear? I sound loud. Um, you need the faith. The, you need the fleece if your faith is weak. Um, I'll just say that before I even go into the message. Um, so it's all cool, okay? It's all cool. At the end of the day, none of us is going to need a fleece. <laughs> Excuse the grammar. Uh, let me read real quick um, verse 1 of chapter 6. Here's what's happening. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. Now, I'm going to narrate as I go. Jason, can we bring this down? Um, do I sound loud to you guys? No? Y'all all right? Just maybe it's me, yeah, okay. Um, they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian, for, and it says for seven years. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so let me just set things up by saying this. Um, living in a state of disobedience is hard to be used by God, okay? Let me just say that, all right, guys? So we got to get to obedience um, so God could move and have his way. I know some of y'all might wrestle with that, but the reason verse 1 is in the text is because the Israelites were living in disobedience and God placed them in the hand of the Midianites to straighten them up, all right? And if you read all of Judges, you'll see that just about in every chapter. Verse 2, the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, and I'm reading from the ESV, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted the crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Don't miss this. Verse 3, you're going to hear this again. Whenever the Israelites planted the crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Here's what that's saying. Whenever they got paid, they showed up and took their money. All right? Matter of fact, you're going to see this in a little while. Um, if they got paid on Friday, they'd set up camp on Thursday waiting for them to get the check. You can see that in a little while. Okay, y'all be like, where does he get this stuff from? You're going to see it. Okay. Uh, look at verse 4. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock in their tents and they would come like locusts in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted so that they laid waste the land as they came in. Man, that's some heavy stuff. It's talk about you just got paid and ain't nothing left. Okay. <laughs> verse 6. And Israel was brought low because of Midian. Isn't that heavy? They was brought low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. Now look at verse 7. Verse 7 from the ESV says, Whenever the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, 
I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppress you and drove them out before you, and I gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. The last phrase is extremely important. But you have not obeyed my voice. All right? Here's what God is saying. I've done so much for you. I've blessed you. I've given you the hookup. Um, I've taken care of you. And I just say to you, all I want, all I just want your worship. And I can't seem to get that. You have not obeyed my voice, so I'm going to subject you to the Midians, Midianites, and they're going to do what they need to do to you. Now, let me revert, re review. Um, put the first slide up on the screen. I just want to, I'm going to move really, really quick. Um, um, go to the next one real quick. I'm going to come back to that. I don't know how we get there. Um, no, we missed a whole lot of stuff. So let me just say this. Okay, um, bear with me. I'm going to be okay. Let me, let me put it. Y'all stay right there. Don't go nowhere. Okay, number one, um, you must see yourself. Here's what we said last week. You must see yourself when God comes to you as being the unique individual that God wants to use to take you, um, to use you to get you out of your situation. Okay? So number one, you've got to believe that God is with you. Come on, say Amen. Okay, now, just come on, say, I must believe, I must believe. that God is with me. God. I want to I I empower up us this morning and encourage you and to, to make you feel that, that you can do and be all that God would have you do. So you must see yourself as being distinct from the group of people amongst whom you live to know that God is with you. Go to the next one really quick, okay? Let's walk through this. Now, watch this. Because God is with you, he sees you in your created destiny, not based on your current circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Now, now let, me, let me say a word on this because I want to say something to help get us to the next level. Um, because he sees you in your current, um, your created destiny, not based on your circumstance, listen carefully, it doesn't mean he'll use you in that state. Okay? Because some of our theology is skewed. We'll say God could use what's and ever he wants or whoever he wants. True. Okay? But when he sees you, it doesn't matter the current stage. He sees us in our created destiny. It doesn't mean that he's going to use you in that state. He'll clean you up before he uses you for his purpose. Very, very important. Very, very important, okay? Um, now, let me, let me I, I need to just, just work this a little while. It doesn't mean that he won't use you on the journey, but the things that he's using you in, in the mess that we find ourselves in, is not the ultimate thing that he created us for. Are you with me? This is what divine providence is all about. Let me, let me give you an illustration of a person who was not even living in disobedience, but he still, God still saw them in their created destiny, not their current circumstance. Y'all remember Joseph in Potiphar's house, right? God used him while he was in jail. But he wasn't created to function in jail. He was created for Potiphar's house. Are you guys tracking with me? So on the continuum, he can use whoever he wants, wherever he wants. You get what I'm saying? But, but the, the, he'll clean you up to get you to your ultimate destiny because for us to do what he actually created us to do, we can't come to him any old way. If that be the case, there's no motive to live right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Might as well go and get you 10 girlfriends. And don't go to court when your wife shoots you. Just be dead. Uh, <laughs> all good. <laughs> but, but he will clean us up, okay? Go to the next one real quick. Let me move. I want to move really, really quick. Okay, so the reason now, the reason a lot of us can't see God being with us, this is important. Um, it's based on our knowledge of the ancestor's experience with God, not our own. Um, let me, let me, let me you, uh, this happens a lot in America. I hear this statement a lot. Uh, my grandmother prayed for me or my mama prayed for me. Um, your mama's faith or your grandmother's faith is not your own. Okay? And your grandmother or your mother having faith doesn't mean you have faith. <laughs> Are you with me? It's just you're talking about what you heard, not what you lived. 
and, and this is free along the journey because I want you all to get this. And because it's not your faith, you need a fleece. <laughs> I'm going to say that along the way so at the end of the message, you all might get it. I'm learning how to communicate. Go to the next one. Go to the next slide. Okay, go to the next one. So God being with you is never based on what you have, but it's all about what he can do. Yes, yeah, so he don't care. You've seen this on the I'm in campaign. It's all over the wall. It's not what you have, but it's what God can do. Go to the next one real quick, okay? This is the beginning of the challenges real quick. So to check the authenticity of the presence of God in your life, check the status of your offering. Um, we started to shift a little, little bit there. That means have you returned yet? Um, God can have you, but he still can have you, but not have you. Does that statement make sense? I'll, I'll explain that in a little, a little while, okay? So he wants all of us. Very, 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 very important. So check the status of your offering. Does he have all of me? So that was the week one. Go to week two real quick. Go to the next one. Here's um, week two. Here's what we talk about, Jeroboam. Once you have the assurance that God is with you, this is what God's going to do. He's going to test you to prove he is first in your life by challenging you to eliminate everything that sets itself up as God in your life. Come on, say amen, yeah. Let me tell you growth. Here's what growth looks like. Um, there's preschool. Well, there's, well, what's, what's before preschool? Daycare, there was daycare. Um, um, then there's preschool. And then there's, kin yeah, thank you, yeah, yeah. We have one of those too. There's kindergarten, then there's first grade all the way up, okay? The problem with a lot of us is we stop after high school spiritually. And we won't go to college spiritually, and we won't go to grad school, and we won't get our doctorate. So we graduated high school, but we act like we're still in first grade. Okay. Spiritually, 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 y'all stay with me, because I want y'all to see what's happening here with Gideon. Every time you go from first grade to second grade, there's going to be a test. And the purpose of the test is... Not to reveal so much to the instructor what you know, but to reveal to you what you know. You get what I'm saying? And every time there's a promotion, there's a test. Every time there's another grade, there's a test. Every time there's another grade, there's a test, okay? So let me give you context for what I'm saying, why I'm saying what I'm saying. My goal is to get, make sure every person in here has a PhD in God. <laughs> yeah, if I could use that phrase, okay? So these types of messages where it said God's going to test you is that if you want a doctorate in your relationship with God, he's got to have all of you. You get what I'm saying? And your dissertation is going to be some experience that God has taken you through that only you can write about. I wish I had somebody in here. Because folks that have their MA and all that good stuff, man, God has brought them through stuff. And so their encounter with God is not based on what mama said. They wrote the book. <laughs> yeah, they wrote the book. Come on, talk to me, y'all. Are you with me? And, and folk like that, you can't tell them what God can't do. And you can't tell them, oh, I wish I had somebody in here. People that have passed the test, that have gone through some things. Are you, come on, are you guys hearing me this morning? So there's a level of faith, there's a level of faith that God wants us to get to that's not baby faith. I think there's, go, go, go to the next one real quick. Okay, so look at this one real quick. Uh, next one, next one, next one, next one, next one. Um, there's, okay, back up real quick. I think I missed that. Back up real quick? Yeah. Must have, yeah, there's one you guys missed in between there. Um, what that one kind of talks about, go to the next slide and leave it up on the screen because I, I want everybody to get that in their spirit, is that when you're walking in obedience and you start to obey God, there is absolutely nothing the enemy can do to you. Absolutely nothing he can do to you to deter you from what God is doing. PhD Christians don't go around talking about the devil on my back. Because they know how to do James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will. Yeah. It's folk that don't know how to get him to flee walk around talking about he chasing me. No, you chase him. Tell him. Are you with me? 
There is no recorded instance in the entire Gospels of Jesus running from the enemy. Matter of fact, when he shows up on the scene, the text pointedly says the demons tremble. And here's what they'd say to him. Have you come to punish us now? Listen, y'all, when you show up someplace, demons ought to tremble because you just came on the scene. I want y'all to hear me. I want y'all to hear me. I want our prayer life to be different. I want, I want not saying that he won't attack. He's going to do all that good stuff. I'm not saying none of that. But he just will not break through or get in if we know who we are in Christ. Okay? So, so put that slide up on there. I want to look at this real quick. The next one, uh, I want to shift gears and go to where I want to go. So here's what I want us to do. Grow in faith and avoid the fleece. That's where I want to land. That's where I want to get there today. So let's go. Read with me. Go to Judges chapter 6, and I'm going to move quick because um, I only have two points that I want to share with you. And then we're going to move. Okay? Judges chapter 6, jump down to verse 33, and let's read there. And I'm going to read um, all the way through 40. No, let me just, yeah, let me deal a section of time. 33 through 35. Say amen if you're there. Now watch this. Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. Let me stop there. Now if you guys were paying attention in my literary context, you would know just from verse 33, excuse the grammar, it's fitting to be payday. <laughs> right? Because look at what happened. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and the Eastern people, they come together and they cross the Jordan and they encamped near Jezreel. So when the crops start to harvest, they can go into Canaan and rampage the lives of the Israelites, okay? But, but, but something different is about to take place because the reason God raised Gideon up is to prevent the devourer from stealing the crops. Oh, those of you that know Malachi 3 know what I'm talking about. Are you with me? That's the reason he raised Gideon up is to prevent the devourer. So this time, when the Amalekites and, and, and the Midianites and all the people of the east come together to come take your stuff, if you know that God is with you, number one, okay? And number two, if you have returned to God and everything that you have belonged to God and you passed the test. Now, this is going to mess with your theology. Here's the next thing that's going to happen. Put that slide on the screen. Next one, next one, next one. I want us to walk here. Next one, keep going, keep going, keep going. I want you all to see this real quick. Here's what's going to happen. God's going to clothe you with his spirit to empower you to deliver his people, and I put parenthetically, ourselves from the hands of the enemy. I want, I want you to see that. Okay, let's walk. Let's walk. Now, now, notice what the text says in verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord did what? Clothe Gideon. My translation has a comma after it. Okay? And look at what happened. And he sounded the trumpet, and the Abizurites were called out to follow him. Verse 35. And he sent messengers throughout all Manassas... And they too were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they went up to meet him. Now let me tell you what's, what's so nice about this text. Just a few days before, while Gideon was worshiping Baal, the angel of the Lord, in the midst of his sinful circumstance, in the midst of his disobedience, the angel of the Lord showed up and he said to Gideon, hey you, 
mighty warrior, or hear you, men of valor. In other words, commander of the Lord's army, this great person. And here's what Gideon said. You must have made a mistake because you don't know who I am. I am the youngest in my daddy's house. Manasseh is the least tribe, and we have the least clan. So you're talking to a nobody that can do nothing about the situation or circumstance that we find themselves in. So you must have made a bad turn when you left heaven to come to earth. I want y'all to hear me. This is what he said earlier in chapter 6. Now all of a sudden, the same joker who was trying to convince God that God couldn't use him, when the enemy shows up this time and they camped against, uh, uh, the, the, getting ready to cross the Jordan to go to Jezreel, they camped there to come take all their stuff. There's a little thing that happened that all of a sudden changed who Gideon was. And then here's what happened. He blew his trumpet, and all of a sudden, everybody from Manasseh comes out. And everybody from Zebulun comes up. And everybody from Asher comes up. And Gideon finds himself standing in front, and he looks back. He's like, dang, he got an army. And now he's got attitude. Watch what happened. Verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord... Clothe Gideon. Ah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Somebody, somebody say amen in here, okay? Very, very, very important phrase. Here's that, that word clothe in, in Hebrew. Here's what it means. It, it, it means to cover with, to consume, to take over, to to rest on, and, and let me just even add this if I could look at the grammar in the Hebrew, to function through you, for you, with you. So when the Spirit of God showed up, even though he was Gideon, he wasn't Gideon. <laughs> so, so with that being said, because I know we have some New Testament theologians that's saying then what my problem is. So here's what you need to know. In the Old Testament, the Spirit would come and it would clothe you. He would land on you and he would empower you for service. And then when you finish the job, the Holy Spirit would leave. Come on, you guys tracking with me? In the New Testament, it's a little different. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and land on you and empower you for a task and then leave. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell permanently in you. Are you with me? Now, now I want you all to hear me carefully. That's the beginning aspect of your salvation. Being saved does not equate to power. <laughs> Ephesians 1.13 put it this way, Heaven believed we were marked in him with a seal who was the promised Holy Spirit to guarantee our inheritance. All your salvation does, it's make you a spiritual Israelite and reserves a seat on the bus so you can make it to heaven. Are you guys hearing me this morning? Okay? Because lock into this. If you study the Old Testament Israelites, in spite of their sin, oh, this is going to really jack y'all up, God never forsook them. Come on, are you with me? He stayed with them. He was committed to them. But yet and still, even though God was hovering over them, the text says all of them were not, listen to this, clothed with the Spirit. So in the New Testament, there is two concepts you need to know as it relates to the Holy Spirit. There is an initial inhabitant where the Spirit comes and dwells within you. And then secondly, there is a clothing You can be saved, and that's all you can be is be saved. Come on, we know a whole lot of folk like this. You know, and, and, and here, because we don't understand the doctrine of the Holy Spirit so well, we see a saved person doing something wrong, and here's what we want to conclude. They're not saved. Salvation is by grace through faith, not works. It's a gift that God, come on, are you with me? So that we don't boast. Come on, are you with me? So by virtue of the fact that I give my life to Christ, I have the Spirit of God in me, okay? 
But that doesn't mean I'm equipped to fight Midianites. Okay? Listen to me secondly. And I'm avoiding certain terms so I don't um, mess nobody up. There is now, subsequent to salvation, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Here's how Ephesians 5, 18 puts it. Don't be drunken with wine as in debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Are you with me? And then 19, 20 picks up by saying, I mean, 18, 19, singing to each other with spiritual songs and hymn and all that stuff. And then verse 20 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And verse 22 says this, and why submit to your husband? Basic salvation does not empower you to submit. Because some of y'all been saved a long time, and your homes, excuse the term, is a living hell because you're not filled yet. And so as opposed to singing spiritual hymns and song, you cussing each other out. Come on, talk to me this morning. Don't act like, come on, y'all. Are you with me? You get on my nerves and you use words that begin with N and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and, and come on now. But every now and then the spirit comes and you get filled. And that same person that got on your reserve, oh, baby, honey, darling. And you look schizophrenic because you don't know how to stay filled. I wish I had somebody in here. And, and, and we switch back and forth every now and then. Yet in the midst of the animosity, you never lose your salvation. Talk to me, guys. So this clothing is something you have to do. This is where obedience come in. Here's how Ephesians 6 says it. Put on the whole armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. And then having done all you can to stand, stand anyway. The catch is, you can't stand if you don't have the armor on. Are you with me? Being saved does not put the armor on you. It just saves you. So here's Gideon. God shows up and God clothes Gideon. In the Old Testament, God dresses you. In the New Testament, you got to dress yourself. Because he's already in you. Ah. Ah. So here Paul says, take the helmet of salvation and put it on. He didn't say God's going to take the helmet of salvation and put it on you. He says, take the bright place of life, righteousness and put it on. Take the shield of faith. Come on, have your feet shed with the grass. He tell you, put on your dog and clothes so you can stay filled so you can be clothed. My problem is when I leave church, I take the helmet off and I take the breastplate off and I take the, and I put the shield down and a woman bring me my food. What's wrong with you? And I start to operate in the flesh, and in the flesh, even though I am saved, the Midianite still has access to me. <sighs> Is this making sense, guys? Come on, are you with me? Okay? So, so here's how we get clothed, by being filled with the Spirit. So your devotion life, your prayer life, I mean, the time you spend in the Word, like grandfather, here, here's how grandma them used to get clothed. I woke up this morning with my mind, hey, stay on, come on, y'all, and, and she go to work. I'm singing and talking with my mind, stay, come on, are you with me? Come on, I'm driving and eating with my mind, and grandma them had sense enough never to get undressed. But you and I go home, hang on, Jesus, desperate housewives fitting to come on. I need to get undressed because it's hard to watch that while clothed. <laughs> come on, y'all, talk to me this morning. Let's be honest here. And some of the foolishness that gets into us, the only reason it gets in is because the armor is off. 
Are you with me? Learn to keep it on and keep yourself filled and keep yourself clothed. This is the Hebrew concept when it said in the Old Testament, and the Lord clothed Gideon. Because notice what happens when he gets clothed. He realizes who he is. Number one, and he starts to walk in his destiny. So he picks up the trumpet. He sees the enemy waiting for payday to come. And, and, and watch this, no question, that's pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't practice that. I could play the trumpet, that's all, yeah. Yeah. Um, some things are natural when you're clothed. No, no. <laughs> he blows the horn, he blows the horn. And instantly, he realizes who he is because he's filled with the Spirit. And he starts to walk in his destiny because God clothed him, because God clothed him. And now he can walk in his destiny. Watch the second thing that happened because he's clothed. Not only is he now realizing who he is and walking in his destiny, but watch this. Provision to realize destiny is provided. Provision to realize destiny is provided. The design was never that Gideon would fight the Midianites, the Amalekites, or the Eastern people by himself. God had an army waiting. But the army was not available to Gideon as long as he was unclothed. The reason our horns aren't summoning people <laughs> Come on y'all, we might not be dressed. Are you guys with me? And so all of a sudden that we're going to hit this next week, the army shows up and Gideon instantly because he's clothed is positioned as a mighty man of valor. Just like God called him before he made the intentional choice to obey God. Everybody walking with me? Come on, say this real quick. Say, I must, I must obey, God. obey God. Say it again. I must, I must obey, God. obey God. Now keep in mind, he's clothed. Are you with me? Come on, say, Gideon is clothed. Gideon. Say it again. Say, Gideon is clothed. Gideon. Now watch the problem with the text. Let's read. Look with me at verse 36. And I'm almost there. Verse 36, then Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. And if there's dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry all on all the ground, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to the Lord, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't get ticked off with a brother yet. I just got clothed. Um, don't let your anger burn against me. Let me speak just one more time. So please let me just test once more with the fleece. And he says, please let it be dry on the fleece only and on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and all on all the ground, there was what? Now, let me explain. Come on, say he just got saved. And say one more time, say he just got saved. And I'm using the, the metaphor um, of salvation to kind of communicate an Old Testament concept of the fact that he, his eyes were being opened to who God is. So he's clothed. Here's the conversation with God. Hey, God, yesterday I was worshiping Baal. And um, you came and you called me a mighty man of valor, of valor, and I needed to know that you were with me. So I went, told you wait here, went and got some offering, came back, and you consumed it, sure enough. And then you, God, told me the next day, I think the same night the text says, you came back, and you told me, go burn my daddy's church down. 
take the bale and tear it down and offer an altar uh, and take the ram that was reserved for Baal and offer it on the same altar as a burnt sacrifice, okay? And then he, I did it, and then now that I did it, and you close me, and I blow the horn, and man, all of a sudden, I'm a commander-in-chief. Okay, God, that's kind of quick. That's quick, okay? I really don't know you like that. So now you want me to take these people and go fight the Amalekites. Listen to how I said it. Now you want me to take these people to go fight the Amalekites. I'm going to say it one more time. Now you want me to take these people to go fight the Amalekites. Now the reason I said it that way three times, because the intent of the will of the fleece was not to find out what God's will was. He was clear on what the will of God was. I am closing you to fight the Amalekites. My understanding of the fleece and your understanding of the fleece is to find the will of God. So I'm going to put a fleece out so I can find where God is. Oh, don't act like you hadn't done it. Katani and I was pastoring a church in Sierra Vista, Arizona, called Missionary, what's it called? St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church. Me, you, Brenda, Stan, we were all up in there. And then IBM decides to relocate me to come to Colorado. And um, Katani and I, we'd have to drive 70-something miles to get to that little church. And this was a tough decision. So we put a fleece out. It was the dumbest thing. Lord, if it's your will, let a bird fly by. <laughs> Am I joking, Katani? No, I ain't joking. <laughs> Y'all think I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. And we in the car, she's like, look a bird, look a sky, feel a bird. Look a bird, look a bird. Oh, Lord, God must want you. Okay. And then we go back the next day. Lord, if it's your will, let the bird be black. You know? <laughs> I mean, now that I reflect on that, I'm like, that's got to be the most humorous and stupidest thing we've ever done with God. Are you with me? And we left, but kid you not, though, we left Arizona because we saw some birds. Yeah. <laughs> what we didn't realize was that God was already present and his will was already spoken. Are you with me? Because Jeremiah still says, before the foundation of the world, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. So because I show up doesn't mean that God is just now designing. He had already said what was going to happen. And here's the funny thing about it. We already knew what he wanted done. So the fleece is not to find the will. Here's the fleece. God... I am new to all of this. All I know about you is what mama them said. Ancestors. Are you with me? You really hadn't done nothing through me yet. So, watch the text. How do I know that you are going to deliver the Israelites from the hand of the Midianites using me? It was all about Gideon experiencing God. How do I know God? That if I step out there, you're going to have my back. The issue was not whether he should step out or not. I wish I had somebody in here. The issue was, I need to know when I do it that you've got my back. The reason you haven't done it yet is because you want to know the same thing. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You don't know if he has your back. I mean, you hear him because that's what the Holy Spirit does. Remember with me, he's already, yeah, and he's already speaking. And that's why we know right from wrong. That's why we can feel convicted. The problem is we need a fleece because we're insecure in our walk with him because we have no experience. So watch this. All right, God, 
been saving some wool in the threshing floor. So I'm going to put it out there. And if it's you, and I know you're going to be with me, and I'm not going to fight this by myself, this is kind of like as dumb as the bird, right? When I wake up in the morning, I want the fleece to be wet, and I want the ground to be dry. And then he woke up in the morning, and the fleece was wet, and the ground was dry. And Gideon thought about it. Don't miss the word do in the text. Don't miss the word do in the text. Are you with me? Because the way do works is if it falls on material on the ground, because the heat that the pavement or the floor dissipates, the floor is always going to dry before the wet material. Y'all know this. I mean, I'm from the Caribbean, and, and, and we have humidity. If you're from a place with humidity, and it falls, the dew falls, you wake up in the morning, the grass is wet, but the ground is dry. Are you with me? And especially the t depending on the time of day you wake up, those that sleep a lot. <laughs> so here's what he said. You know, God, that first test was as dumb as Felix and Katani saying, show me a bird. <laughs> so here's, let's do this differently. Keep the ground wet and let the fleece be dry using the same dew. Right? Because there's no way if the dew fell, the fleece was going to stay dry with the ground wet. Are you with me? And so when he got up the next day, sure enough, the ground is wet and the fleece is dry. And then next week's sermon picks up. I'm saying this to say this. The only reason Gideon put the fleece out, because he didn't have faith in God's ability working through him. So this is why I'm saying, grow in faith, avoid the fleece. Because the only people who need fleece are people who don't have experience with God. Let me, let, me, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Abraham, when God told him to offer Isaac on Mount Moriah, Abraham never said, Lord, I need to know that when I go up here, you're going to raise the boy up. So I'm going to put a fleece out before I go. No, the text says early the next morning, Abraham at the age of 99 plus had enough experience with God that he just took the boy. And here's what he said. My experience tells me that I and the boy are going to worship. Are we going to come? I wish I had somebody in here. Y'all not getting this yet. Y'all not getting this yet. David, when David was, when Moses, let me back up. Moses, when he encountered God, I think it was Horeb, and he had to go to Pharaoh, um, Moses didn't have experience initially. So here's what God said. Don't even waste time asking me for the fleece. Just go ahead and stick your hand in here. I'm going to give you a fleece. And pull it out. What's that? Leprosy. Okay, put it back in heel. What's that in your hand? A, serp, a, a stab. Drop it. Okay, cool. Now you have experience. Go. So then, because Moses had experience with God, he goes to Pharaoh and says, God said, let my people go. Let me give you one more because you're not tracking with me. When David showed up in the valley of Elah, and the Israelites were camped on one side, and the Philistines on the other side, because his brother and them had no experience with God, the Philistine would come out and say, give me a man to fight me because I defy the armies of the living God. Little David showed up with a litany of experience. I wish I had somebody in here. And he didn't need a fleece. He stepped out there and said, who is this Philistine that defies the army of the living God? Send me. I'll go listen to Saul. Hey, dude. You don't want to put a fleece out? No, I did that when I was a little boy. I had a bear. And I had a lion. I wish I had somebody in here. And the same God who delivered 
me from that is going to deliver me from this. Are you with me? So he didn't need to put a fleece out. The reason I'm so confident with this I'm in campaign is early in the life of the ministry, we had to put fleeces out. But where we are today, God has already proven that he can donate land, that he can, are you with me, that he can take a church that has nothing and make them into something. I don't have time to pray for a fleece because my faith in God has experiences of what God can do. Are you hearing me? If you need to call a prayer meeting to put a fleece out, you better grow in your faith. God has already proven who he is and what he can do. Matter of fact, he says it this way in the book of Hebrews, seeing that we are surrounded with such a great cloud of wit ah, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. All you got to do is read the book if you want to see a fleece. Are you hearing me? And my challenge to you and to all of us in here today, you know God. He's in you. By virtue of the fact that you're under the sound of my voice, he's already with dew wet your fleece. Quit testing God with stuff that we should have already grown beyond. You're not babies in Christ anymore. Been saved 40, 50 years. Heck, some of us were raised in church. And we still want to put a fleece out. If by now you don't know God is with you, you might just want to check, did he really come in? Grow in faith and avoid the fleece. So when God speaks, you just do it. Because you know he's got your back. Are you with me? Because you know he's got your back. Gideon was authorized and God was patient with him with the fleece because he was a doggone babe in Christ. He had no experience with God. If you read the book of Judges, chapter 7, we're going to see this next week. Next time he's about to go forth, guess what he does not do? Put down the fleece. Because now he has experience. And he knows what God can do. So he doesn't need to test God. Okay? Now, I hate to have to say this, but I'm going to say this and then I'm going to end. Some of us... Based on Malachi, God is still saying, test me. <laughs> Put your fleece out and see if I won't win it. But because we don't know him like that, we continue to worship Baal. Grow in faith and avoid the fleece. Are you with me? New Testament, God is in you, just put the armor on so you can face the enemy. Are you with me? Grandma's theology, wake up in the morning with your mind, hey, stay on Jesus. One more time, wake up in the morning with my mind, hey, give me some music, stay on Hey, I woke up this morning with my mind. Hallelujah, Lord, stay on Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Practical application, okay. Watch this, hey. Watch the television with your mind, yeah. Stay on Jesus. One more time. Watch the television with my mind, hey. Stay, hey, 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 Lord. Watch the television with my mind. Come on, telling you. Stay on Jesus. Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I got one more, I got one more. Break it down, listen. 
go to that date with your mind. Stay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to the date. Go to that date with, yeah, come on, stay, stay. I'm walking and talking. I'm walking and talking with my mind. Hey, stay. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. It ain't no harm, come on. It ain't no harm to keep my mind. Yeah, come on, stay. Hallelujah, Lord, it ain't no harm to keep your mind. Come on, stay, stay. That's how you get dressed. <laughs> Are you with me? That's how you get dressed. That's how you get dressed. Now, I'm done, but let me, this is free. Some folk would tell you when you get dressed, you got to speak in tongues as a sign. Some folk would tell you when you get dressed, you got to have this. You know, I'm going to say to you, when you're dressed, you're going to defeat some Amalekites. Yeah, yeah. You're going to defeat some Midianites. Matter of fact, when you're dressed, the devil gonna show up to God's business meeting. I said, dang, Selva put her clothes on, I don't have access no more. Are you with me? Jeff put his clothes on, I don't have access no more. Stop the Midianites from coming. Get dressed, get dressed. Bow your heads with me this morning. Here's how I wanna pray. If you're here and you don't know Holy Spirit, we want to allow God just to come. That God would just move and God would have his way this morning. Lord, I thank you for the word. We have to live it, God. Guard our hearts, Lord. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, God. Come flood this place, Lord. Fill the atmosphere, God. Clothe us, clothe us, clothe us, clothe us, clothe us, God. But then in the active voice, let us clothe ourselves. Let us get dressed, God, even though passively you're the one doing the work of the clothing we still have to be work with you God forgive us for failing you we didn't know we didn't know and so every day we're putting fleeces off when we should have grown past, grown past that forgive us God but life is a journey and sanctification is all about growth so God manifest yourself if there's one here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit, draw them to a relationship with you. And we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for who you are. If there's one here that want to rededicate their life to you, Holy Spirit, do it, Lord. We're sick of Midianites, Amalekites, and Eastern people. Clothe us, God, and let us stay dressed. So, God, we want to welcome you, God.